We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You want to hit some rapid fire? Let's go. Rapid fire time, baby. Like it? We've been I mean it's 45 in. Like I know. Ish. Exactly. <laughs> there are a few other like I said there are a few other comments that I have that kind of tie into some of the rapid fire stuff. Okay. So I, I held a few back that nice. we can uh, well kind of work in there as well. You're as professional. We usually try to do. Professional. So after Tyler Buckner's portal news, what's the outcome of the upcoming season that will determine if bringing in Sam Hartman was indeed a success? I mean, I don't know that my answer would have changed whether Buckner was here or not. I feel like it's, I mean, it's playoff or bust to for me personally. And I think if they can go and they can win a playoff game, and they're in the national championship. I think bringing in Sam Hartman was a success. I, I mean, that's that's the outcome that I need to have. And it would be great if Tyler Buckner was there by his side, you know, giving him a hug afterwards. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, obviously, that's probably not going to be the case. So yeah. either way, that would be the success for me. That 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 now Notre Dame is one step closer, one step closer. Yeah, and that's you know my point was factoring in. The fact that now you've potentially lost Tyler Buckner, assuming all your eggs are in the Hartman basket, all of them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They're all in the Hartman. And so is it worth, you know, because like yesterday we asked the question, if this was the NFL and this was a trade, like you were trading Sam Hartman or trading for Sam Hartman, but you had to give up Tyler Buckner, would you have made that trade? Jesse and I both said, yeah, I would make that trade because your goal is winning a national championship. So you know, I guess like if you looked at this, if we made this multiple choice, you know, again, what's the outcome that will determine if it's a success? Do you have to win a national championship? Do you have to win a college football playoff game or is just getting to the college football playoff enough? Is it is it winning a New Year's Six Bowl if you're not in the playoff? To me, it's at least getting into the playoff is, is what it comes okay. down to. But when you consider – Essentially, the collateral damage that, that right. bringing in Sam Hartman meant that you lost Tyler Buckner. To me, it's at least getting to the playoff because you are at least mortgaging your short-term future with next season, you know, yeah. with the guy who you planned on being your starting quarterback next year now being gone, potentially, again, assuming that he's not going to pull his name back out of the portal and come back. So in December, if I told you, A, you can bring in Sam Hartman, 
and he's your starting quarterback for the next year. Or and and Tyler Buckner is going to transfer. Like you bring him in, he's out. Like the day you sign uh, Hartman, Buckner's out. Or B, they don't sign Hartman. Buckner's the quarterback for the next two years. What would what would you have taken at that point? Say that again. I missed the first part. So first scenario, they sign Hartman and Buckner leaves the next day. He's gone. Okay. And it's guaranteed. Okay. You know this going in that if you right. sign Hartman, Buckner's gone. Or right. you don't sign Hartman. You sign a different quarterback. Tyler Buckner ends up being your starting quarterback for the next two years. Which option am I taking? Which one would you take? Not knowing what Hartman would necessarily do for Notre Dame. We still don't, but like. Right. I think I would still roll the dice on getting Hartman. I would too. Here. Yeah. I would too. And it, I would have to think about it for a while. just said, bringing in a Hall of Fame, college football Hall of Fame quarterback is never a bad decision. Yeah, I mean, I it would. it's not an easy choice for me because I do think more long-term than just one year. I would have to sit and think about it for a little while, but I think at the end of the day, I would still bring in Hartman because of all of the experience that he has and what he has already accomplished thus far in college football. And you're, I mean, you are, you're, you're rolling the dice on one year. You are rolling the dice on one year. I think yeah. you, I think 24 is completely jeopardized right now, but 23 could be a great year. It could be a great year. If every, everybody stays healthy and things go the way I hope they go. 24 is a complete toss up right now. I agree. <clears throat> and this is one of the questions that I saved that D-Rock Irish asked are, we currently in a better situation now with the quarterbacks than a year ago. Yes, because the ceiling is higher, but more importantly, if everybody's healthy, the floor is incredibly higher than it was. I think the floor is at least higher with Angeli compared to Drew Pine going into last year. Like if you look at each position right now, one through three. So last year it was Tyler Buckner, number one, Drew Pine, number two, Angeli number three. And so now even with Buckner gone, you still have Hartman number one. That's an upgrade. Yep. You have Angeli number two versus Pine. I think it's year. an upgrade as well. I, th I think I, it's I at least, it's at least even. again, I think it's at least, yeah, it's, it's at the very least break even. And then you yeah. have Kenny Minchie at number three. And I think that that is an upgrade. I think, you know, I think Minchie is better than Angeli was as a freshman. Right. Right. They were so. both early enrollee quarterbacks. Yeah. And I, I would, I would, slide the chip over to Minchie's side there. So even for right, you know, the, the biggest question is you've still got an inexperienced backup quarterback and you didn't know how Drew Pine would react to that in the short term. He was horrible. His first couple experiences mm -hmm. coming in at the end of Marshall and then trying to start the Cal game, it stabilized. He got better. He was serviceable for a while. And then all of a sudden he regressed to the mean and he was never the same quarterback right after that you know he was just a very average quarterback right that they were they were able to work around you know after yeah you know for the rest of the season and i right. think that angeli can can definitely be better than that but we also still don't know because we haven't got to see him do anything other than hand off a couple of times last year once it's once you know it hits the fan and your feet are <laughs> in the fire that's when you find out right. but i do think that there is a higher ceiling at least for angeli but Sure, we I agree with that. that. We won't know until we actually see that. But right. I do think overall, I would still favor 
this group compared to last group, yes last year's group overall i mean it took a big step backwards when buckner transferred out obviously like before right. it was like a, a grand canyon of difference between the two rooms from one year to the next it got a lot closer right but i think your point of i think angeli's not afraid to throw the ball deep number one right so i don't think that he would have the same limitations that drew pine had like Andre right. says, he doesn't think that he's he'll be afraid yeah. to make the throws that that Pine didn't want yeah, to throw. I agree with that. I would well, agree with that. A hundred percent. I think I think there was a lot of um Ian Book in Drew Pine from a don't turn the ball over, don't turn the ball over, don't turn the ball over. I think mm-hmm. I think that was he was in the system long enough under Tommy and BK that that was ingrained in his head too. And I don't think Angeli was. So I feel like he would still, you know sling it and i think he's got better weapons around him as well which i think is also part of it i think his offensive you know i think the offensive line is going to be better i think the running backs are going to be better i think the wide receivers are better so he's got better weapons than drew pine had last year but he'd also be willing to get the ball to them unlike drew pine was so i do agree i think the ceiling is higher with angeli than it was with pine not sure about the floor but i i think the ceiling is higher We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So we've talked about, you said you think that they need to bring in another transfer quarterback this year if they can find that kind of fit. It's it's a pretty narrow fit, but yes. Right. So what about next year? Because we know Hartman is going to be gone next year. So if Hartman's gone and everybody else stays the same, you've got Angeli, Minchie, and then C.J. Carr as a true freshman. So would you consider another transfer portal quarterback for next year? I consider it, but it's going to have to be the right fit. And what I mean by that is kind of a kind of a cone guy, to be honest with you. Um, it also depends on the maturation process of Angeli and Minchie. Look, I love the fact I love CJ Carr more than I can even express on this show. I mean, he just got uh, promoted to the Elite Eleven Finals. I mean, the kid's going to be really, really good. I'm not ready for a true freshman to be handed the keys of the Ferrari just yet. Okay. And it, again, it it depends on where Minchie and Angeli are in their development. Yes. But I do feel like if they aren't as far along and, and their development's going to have to be in fast forward because no one was expecting either one of them to be the starter in 24. So in order for that to be the case, their development is going to have to fast forward over the next 12, you know, 12 months. So where are they at? If the right quarterback is in the portal, a la a Sam Hartman, 
And I know those guys don't come around very often. Somebody with multiple years of, of uh, starting experience under their belts, looking for a one-year, you know, want to be a part of uh, the reigning national champion, you know, that kind of a thing. If you find that guy, if that guy exists in the portal, and I don't, I can't come up with a name off the top of my head, but if that guy exists, I think you take a strong look at that guy. Absolutely. But you don't bring in somebody to compete with Minchie and Angeli. I don't, you don't bring in somebody that's there. No, you again, have to bring in you're, somebody you're, that's here. You're, you're good. Yeah. And Father David says, give Minchie the keys in 24 if Buckner doesn't come back. And I think that everyone's going to, I think that really by De- December's when you're going to have to make this choice. But you remember, that's when everything went down last year. We didn't get the official word on Sam Hartman until after Wake Forest Bowl game at the end of December, but they obviously knew in early December what the plan was that they were going to bring this guy is in because that's what hasten, you know, drew pines decision to leave. They'll know where they stand. They'll have a much better feel for whether or not they think Angeli or Minchie can be the guy in 24 by December. Absolutely. You got a, you got a whole season of practice yeah. and you know, and again, it's like, you don't know what the season is going to bring in terms right. of, you know, which of those guys maybe get some playing opportunities and that kind of stuff. So that's the first thing, you know, because again, yeah. like with everyone talking about developing quarterbacks in your program and all that stuff, that's the first thing that you yep. have to look at. But you'll you'll have a they'll have a much better feel in early December for what those guys are, and you basically sure. that's when that's when you make that call. If you yep. think that if you look into the transfer portal and you say we need this guy as opposed to these inexperienced guys, mm-hmm. for you know, just like with Hartman, then, then you make that call. But I, I think it's a decision that you yeah. don't make until that, you know, you don't have to make it until that point. And so you, you don't have, you know, so you won't make it until that point. No, I think it on yeah. their development. Uh, I, I think that it is look, if they don't bring in, I, I don't think they're going to bring in a transfer quarterback, right? I, I was giving like a perfect scenario situation earlier in the show for this year. So one of those guys is going to have to be QB two, Right. You're going to know a lot about whoever that guy is by December of 2023. You're going to know a ton. And I would make a a massive effort to whoever QB2 is to get him in a game, many games throughout the year, because I think that's just possible. (laughs) There's there's that was one of the things I hated about the last regime is they never got the backup quarterback in ever. And it was super frustrating. Like, get the backup in with the ones, by well, the way. I wouldn't say never because that whole book Wimbush thing happened, you know, before. Well, they, they that's a very isolated there, but... difference. And he wasn't really QB2. They had like a package for him. So that was a little different. You know what I mean? Like that, I'm talking about there's a clear one. There's a clear two. We're winning by 21 points. Yeah. Well, and for that matter, they got Buckner in as a freshman too. Now that I think about it, but and but that wasn't like an end of the game scenario. Like, like get them in the game when the game is decided. It's over. We don't need to pad the stats anymore. Get them in. Let them have a drive with the ones, and then multiple drives with the twos. Like that's what I'm talking about. Like get them in the game, and then so like so. But but you advocate like if you're up by enough points, you would advocate like. Running the full offense for a series, potentially. Absolutely. Going out there, With the backup quarterback. Downfield, whatever it happens to be. 100%. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. No question. I, I do have to answer this one yeah. from Irish Shaitan. says, Vince, yeah, would you start? Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Would you start Angeli against Tennessee State? Absolutely not. You don't 
adjust your starting lineup based on who you're playing against. Yeah. You you start out with your best. <laughs> yes. This is something I learned from Paul Maneri when he was the baseball coach. You start off with your best, and if your best puts you in a situation to get in reserves, you get the reserves in at that point. You never you never start backwards no. and try to work because then you're you know you're you're sending a message. You're sending the wrong message to everyone in terms of right. like, why do yes. you even have Tennessee State on the schedule in that situation? Right. If you can get Angeli in by halftime because you're up by enough, that's fine. Awesome. But even yeah. better. Yeah. You, but you, I, would, you do the I old... would never yeah. start a number two. I would no. never start a number two because I mean, like the Ball State game a few years back is a prime example. Like they went into Marshall. that game. Yeah, well, but <laughs> I, they went but into that. Right. But you remember Ball State. Yes. I, I know yes. this for for you know, like they went into that game telling, you know, number two and some number three guys like Oh, your parents will want to be at this game because you're going to, you know, right. be able to get in. And look what happened against Ball State. Now they didn't necessarily start twos and threes, but they just they had the wrong mentality oh my going gosh, into yes. that game. Completely. Right. The only like as a baseball coach, right? For example, if I had a doubleheader against an inferior opponent, my first game I'm throwing the like my ones are in my normal starters. Maybe I throw a lesser pitcher, but my my ones are in. Second game, that's a different conversation. Right. I might sprinkle in some other guys that haven't started a game, you know, that kind of thing. But to me, that represents like the second half. Right. That's the, you know, the second game of a doubleheader. That's kind of like the second half of a football game. Okay. Right. Now it's time to kind of, you know, empty the bench, get some guys out there. Once you have everything in control, that's way more important. Way more important. And again, and somebody said it Tennessee State's the first home game. People would erupt. If Sam Hartman wasn't the quarterback yeah. in the first home game of the season. <laughs> no kidding. I didn't even think about it that way. That's a good point. All right. Deion Sanders. Oh, this, geez. This whole Deion Sanders thing going on at Colorado. There's so much. What, so much. They're, they're up to 46 players now. 51. Who have entered the portal. Is it 51? It, it's okay, it's so been it's grown... updated since you sent me the list, by the way. Wow. 51. 51. Yes. 51 players <laughs> since Dion took over December 2nd have entered the portal now for Colorado. And they brought in roughly 30. But according to an article in The Athletic that, that came out, it was either last night or today, at least 20 of, the, of those players, and probably more at this point, have entered the portal just since last Saturday. So basically since Monday after Colorado's spring game last Saturday. So the athletic has quotes from some of the players who have been essentially forced into the portal by Deion Sanders. They've been run off the team by Deion Sanders. And there is a relatively new NCAA rule that allows first year head coaches to cut as many players as he want, as long as the school honors the scholarship, you know, like if they don't find another place to play, the school honors the scholarship. That's fine. What do you think of all this that's going on out there with with Dion and Colorado right now? There's there's just so much uh, to all of this. Like I, there's there's also some um, some pretty ticked off kids who used to play for Colorado because he won't let them have their practice film from last year to show other coaches so that they can get recruited. I mean, there's there's just so much to this right now. I do believe that a new coach should be able to form the team that they want 
in the manner in which they want to form it. I mean, I, I don't really honestly have an issue with that. But you do need X amount of players, whatever that number is. You need that many to, like, field a team and practice and be a productive college football team from Monday or I'm sorry, from Sunday to Friday. And it doesn't sound like they have enough of those guys at the moment. And I think he's been a little quick to run off guys. I mean, 51 guys is a lot of guys to be running off. And it sounds like most of those guys were asked to leave. So correct. I think that's a little aggressive. I do like the fact that at least their scholarships are going to be honored for, I guess, at least a year so that they can still go to school while they figure things out. But I think that's pretty, again, I'm trying to look at this from both sides. I mean, they were one and 11 last year. Right. So right. they obviously needed a roster overhaul. I get that, but it's just like, you know, as D rock just said, and I put the comment up there, you know, the reading the article, players are saying that you know like he didn't even know some of their names and he just ignored most of them and it was like the spring game was kind of a formality and it's just it's just all very you know I realize this is a pro football hall of famer we're talking about but like this is it's it, it's like it's being run much more like a business yeah. and, I, and I get it big yeah. time sports is a business it is. but it's there's still it's like these are college guys who were made a promise you know coming out of high school and keeping the scholarship I'm sure is fine to some of them and a handful I think are going to stay at Colorado and maybe not even play football but there's like an offensive lineman who is a son of a guy who was on the 1990 national championship team yeah. who was cut there's a guy who I saw on Twitter just before the show started who has is one of these guys who has been cut and he's trying to get practice film from back in the fall from you know before Dion was he didn't even play. the head coach yeah big like but they've got, you know, film on him yeah. in practice. He's trying to send his practice film out. Yeah, because he didn't play. He's trying to send his practice film out to schools to get a look. And Dion's not even giving him practice film from before Dion was even the head coach. Right. So it's not like he's not giving he's protecting away any proprietary, yeah, proprietary yeah. information. So it's just like the, the way this is all going down is is just it's gone from I think a lot of people were kind of rooting for Dion, you know, when he went in and was kind of making waves early on to just all the things that you're seeing that have come out of this. It's, it's kind of hard to stomach really, even yeah, for I, a team that, a, a, even for a team that was one and 11, that obviously needed an overhaul. Sure. It's, it's kind of hard to watch all this going down in real time. And like I said, I don't have an issue with a coach trying to make the team in their own image or, or how they want to construct the team. I have no problem with that, yeah. but if you're going to cut guys and you're going to get rid of them, then you should be the first one in line to help them find a landing spot. Right. It's not just cut them and kick them to the curb. I I, I do That's have right. a problem with that. That's just not human, in my opinion. Like, help them in any way you can to help to find a landing spot. And they're not, he's not doing that. And that's, right. that's messed because, up. Because in the NFL, it is a cutthroat business. Correct. And I, and I realize there's not going to be quite as much, you know, human touch or whatever. But again, you're talking about 18 to 22 year right. old kids who you know you're you're coming in and it's just it just doesn't sit right and like wjs asked this earlier do you think college coaches should be allowed to cut players if yes would it be a good idea it's a good academic kid you know and he would get cut uh he would get a four-year academic scholarship 
I don't really see the, hold on. If yes, would it be a good idea if it's a good academic kid and he would get cut, he would get a four-year. So it's basically kind of what we were talking about. You still honor the scholarship. He still gets the scholarship. So, I mean, that part of it from an academic side, then that's fine. I don't really have an issue with that. And I, I have a hard time saying a coach can't cut a kid when a kid can cut a coach by leaving. I mean, true. Kind of the same True. thing. And we're talking about players' rights and all of these things. And if a kid can cut bait and leave, then I think a coach should be able to cut bait with the kid. But again, you should be able to help him find a landing spot too. And that's the one thing about Brian Kelly that I did respect. When he wanted to fire a coach, he usually helped them find a well, landing spot someplace. But, you know, something else that I've that I've noticed here over the years is like there have been a lot of or at least a handful anyway, of guys who have decided to transfer out of Notre Dame. But when Pro Day comes back around, there, you yeah. see a lot of them show back up here at Notre yep. Dame, participating in Notre Dame's Pro Day because they're going to get more exposure. And, you know, so I think that is like they they continue to take care of those guys. I guarantee you that like if the same situation, like Deion Sanders is not going to welcome any of these guys back to a Pro Day not to let them work out two or three years down the road. Not you know? a chance. No chance. Right. Yeah. Right. And look at Malik Zaire. You know, like Malik still obviously can sit, you know, he transferred. Right. He still considers himself, you know, connected to Notre Dame, mm-hmm. part of the Notre Dame family and, and the whole thing. So yeah. it's just, it's just very, you know, again, I, I, I get, I get wanting to rebuild the roster and the rules like right now are so much different than just a few years ago, like in the wake that, and I think they referenced this even in the article, the wake that Charlie Weiss left Kansas in, you know, under scholarship when you couldn't undersign at all. And there wasn't the, the open transfer portal like you have now. It took them years to try to build the roster numbers back up. Whereas now the transfer portal, it is much easier because you can just like, right. you guys are gone. And now we're just going to go fishing and bring it. It's like, but that's the other thing, like with this Dion thing is like, there's no guarantee that guys that he brings in are going to be considerably better than what he just showed the door, you know, unless he's pulling yeah. starters from half the schools in the SEC. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And again, I have no problem with him getting rid of guys, but just don't kick him to the curb like that. It's just, I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah. Cause like somebody in the chat is like, Hey, they were terrible. Make changes. Change is good. I, yes, I have no problem with that. But these kids but you still, still have to do it in the right way. They still yeah, exactly. have to do it in the right Just way. Do it in the right way. That's all. You want to cut 51 kids? Peace be with you. Go ahead, right. cut them, but help them out a little bit, man. Treat like, them like people's not commodities. Yes. In the NFL, you're a commodity. You know, in college, exactly. you're still a college kid. You still because when you're going like and re- what, and I realize he didn't recruit these kids, but he is going to go into people's living rooms and he's going to recruit other kids and he's going to say something along the lines of, "I'm going to take care of your son for the next four years." Well, somebody right. said that to these kids. Help them out and, you know, take care of them. Right. Exactly. So the NFL draft, of course, is coming up Thursday. Last-minute mock drafts continue to fly at us, Vince. At this point in the draft, and not even today, but like earlier in the week, you know, like this week of the draft even, how much attention have you paid to mock drafts in comparison to maybe a month or so ago? A lot less, to be honest with you. Like, we're close enough that the real thing is about to happen. So I will be paying attention to the real thing. Like, I have not looked at any mock drafts recently 
because things are now getting starting to get haywire, right? You're starting to hear people are going to move down, they're going to move up, and then people are, you know, well, if he does this and they do that, da, 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 da. nope, I want to hear the real thing tomorrow. That's what I care about right now. Yeah, this is all, especially this week, and I agree with what you said, but especially this week, it's all disinformation season, right? You know, like, like yes. all these mocks, and it's like, and it's, you know, because like the these like the high I'm and I'm talking about like the higher end you know like the Mel Kiper McShays and Daniel Jeremiah like any one of those sorts who are putting out the mocks you know they're getting at least you know information from actual NFL executives you know Peter King yep. whoever it happens to be and it's all like like everyone's blowing smoke right now because you know they want you to think they're going to do one thing and then they're going to do another and there's even like the extremes where You've got NFL executives who will, you know, talk bad about a player simply for the sake of they want their stock to fall just so they can actually draft them, you know? So right, right. That's what all of this this last week or so is about. It's much more of that. So, and I agree. It's just like, get the draft here already. I'm tired of all the mocks. I don't want any more mocks. Right. I just want the actual draft, you know? And Yep. Absolutely. We're within uh, a little bit more than 24 hours of it actually starting as we talk right now. And I'll be excited to watch it. Like, I, I'm i kind of fired up. I mean, it happens to also be my son's birthday, but uh, it'll be on to the background. So, Siggy13 wants to know, are the Cowboys taking Ooh. Meyer? I'm hoping so. I'm with you. I just, you know, and this is another one, like, they held their press conference a couple of days ago, and of course they talked about tight ends, and so now everyone's convinced that they're taking a tight end. I just think if Michael Mayer is still there at 26, I do think that they're going yes. to take him. that's the biggest question. Is he still yes. going to be there at 26? Right. But I also yeah. don't think he's going to be there by 26. I think he'll get – I think I, I think he'll get picked. But then you also have you know people talking about – well, you shouldn't take a tight end of the first round. There, are, you know, there are those kind of people like running backs and tight ends are, are you know, lower commodities and sure. center, you know, just like centers and guards or whatever. But I think they'll take him if he's still there. I just oh I'm not gosh, holding out yes. much hope that he's actually going to be there, though. I I think all the the bluster about who Michael Mayer is and how he's not that great and you know blah blah blah. I think that's a bunch of nonsense, and I think he's going to get taken earlier than a lot of the experts think we'll see i don't know like well i yeah i don't know either three I, prominent guys kuiper mcshay and dane brugler from the athletic all mocked him to dallas fairly you know within the last couple of weeks but you again go to bed, you can go to bed tonight with your fingers crossed brother yeah but again that's within the last couple of weeks and yeah you know what the information is and this and that and everything else how much draft are you going to watch and which network will you watch it on i'll watch espn because i don't get the nfl network and i will i will like i said i will have the first round on and i'll be watching it the set the friday version i'll probably turn it on but most likely i'll look at like a, a clicker like an up you know like a an update on my phone, you know, that kind of a tracker, like that kind of yeah. a situation. That's probably what I'll do. I'm more interested in the first round when the guys are actually present and they mm -hmm. hang, you know, with the jerseys and the, 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 the fanfare and all that. Like I, I do buy into that a little bit and then it'll be okay. Where are the Notre Dame guys going? And this year there's only like three guys that are going to get drafted from Notre Dame. So like the interest level for me is a little bit lower, 
Yeah. Uh, but also the Bears finally have a first round pick. So that does raise my interest level a little bit more. True. You know, that kind of a Very thing. Very true. So. Yeah, I'll I'll watch. I, I usually, you know, like I'll watch the first few picks, kind of see how that goes. And I typically watch more ESPN. I'll flip over to NFL Network every now and then. I don't like the ABC because it's a little bit more of like the fluff background pieces sure. and stuff like that, which I'm not, I don't care as much about that. I just want the football side of it, you know. But I'll, I'll watch watch a little bit early on and then with Dallas picking at 26 I'm going to get impatient and I can't sit there and just watch pick after pick after pick so right right I'll probably flip around a little bit you know see what else is on and then come back to it and then like the rest of the weekend it's basically how bored I am you know yeah, and like exactly. what I'm doing how good the weather is exactly you know, all that kind of stuff I can watch most of it on my phone the rest of the weekend yeah, I would say Father David Penny wants to know if, if Marcus Freeman is going to be at the draft. I doubt it because Michael Mayer is going to watch from home and he's the True. only potential first round draft pick. And so there's really no point in Marcus Freeman being at the draft. I saw him do an interview on NFL Network today and he had an Old Spice sweatshirt. I and saw an that. Old Spice sign. And then, of course, you know, I saw he, did that. The, he did the Old Spice, you know, spiel there at the end of the interview. Did so, he? It got yeah. cut off. Like, I didn't hear the Old Spice part, so they obviously cut it off. I saw that on Twitter earlier this afternoon. And, uh, like, he's the only first-rounder possible for Notre Dame, so I don't think Marcus Freeman's going to be there. Um, Irish for yeah. life, you're working on a permanent ban from this show Ooh, right now. Must be an Eagles fan. <laughs> Kidding, of course. He says he prays. He doesn't go to Dallas. Uh, you know. Yeah, he'll just be he'll just be hated by the other half of the country. Right, he does. You know, since he was already hated by half because he was at Notre Dame to begin. So it with. sounds like the guys are going to have a draft show tomorrow, which is friggin' awesome, especially with Ryan. Like that's his thing is the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and Irish Town wants to know if I'm going to be on there with them. The answer is no, because it is my son's birthday, and I do want to hang out with the little man uh, as Don't much blame as I possibly you. can. And um, actually, the grass is actually screaming my name as well. I need to yeah, cut the grass. So I'm taking a couple days off, and that's as long as the weather holds. <laughs> it's on the probably, list. Probably what my afternoon is going yeah. to entail tomorrow before yep. the draft starts. I think that's my backyard gonna, is with yeah. all this rain we've got, and my dog. My backyard yep. is a yep. mess right now. Well, so that's I, the problem. Gotta, like the first one of the spring i've got all my parts of my yard some are long some are short some are long some are short mm-hmm. so like you got to get it evened out you know this first time and then you got some good cuts coming but like tomorrow i think it's going to be the day and come home immediately from war school that way i don't miss any of the draft and my know, neighbor has already mowed his yard twice and he might have even mowed it a third time wow and it's like there's the people first, yeah he was and we've got it like a couple of them and i'm like why are you in such a rush to get to this it's always <laughs> know, seriously not going not anywhere no <laughs> no I'm, and both people on either side of me have cut theirs at least once if not twice yeah and so mine is definitely looking like the rough house on the block mine so too I do, have, I do have to get to it but my front you know. yard looks much better than the back the back is just it's literally <laughs> just it's, it looks like looks like you know like wild prairie grass or something <laughs> out there at this point uh, fill in the blank it would be blank if the green bay packers pick a wide receiver in the first round after trading aaron Rodgers to the jets freaking awesome like i would be there all day for that all day i think that would be i, I just 
I want them to have a camera somehow on on him when that happens, <laughs> because I want to see the expression on his face when they do that. There's talk that you know, like Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know, like they might go after him. It would be hilarious because obviously, you know, this is what started oh, this sure. whole spiral when yes, when they drafted the quarterback in the first round instead of a wide receiver. They yep. never picked a wide receiver in the first round the whole time Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback in Green Bay. Wow. And so if they traded him to the Jets, and then the first thing that they did great. was get love a wide receiver, it would just be hysterical. And that's what oh. I definitely – that's actually – I need to make sure that, that I'm tuned in for that pick. That'll probably be, what, like an hour or so into the draft. It'd be so, great. It'd be yes. so stinking great. And did you see the interview with him or, like, any of the footage of him going to Jets, you know, uh, the facility Yeah, I today? saw a little bit of the press conference. Like, or, yeah. He's all, you know, shaven, and he got his hair cut, and he doesn't look like a bum anymore. Like, right. Just wait. Nice, just wait nice little just, comb to the uh-huh. side. And, yeah. yeah. Just just wait, Jets fans. Just wait. Just yeah. wait. So we're both sports movie fans. Where do you stand on the movie Draft Day, Vince? I love that movie. I actually, it's funny that you asked this question because two days ago, or maybe it was Sunday. I think it was Sunday. It was Sunday. You know, kind of working my way through the honeydew list, you know, that kind of a thing. And I was like, I would kind of want to watch a movie. I was looking for that movie to watch. And there was nowhere on any of the subscriptions that I have that I was able to turn. I I wanted to watch that movie specifically, and I couldn't find it anywhere. I like that movie a lot. Interesting. I cannot stand this movie. Really? Draft Day is so bad. Oh, I like it a lot. It gets better at the end when they're actually into the draft stuff, but like... I think I maybe seen it once and I did. I watched it a couple days ago. Like you, I, I found it on, Okay, you know, the guy and I found it and I watched it. It is so slow paced, especially <laughs> at the beginning. And Kevin Costner does nothing to liven it up. And like the whole romance story, the love story with Jennifer Garner. That's I, hard I just, to fat. That's hard to stomach. Like, I think if they just cut that out, like you could lop a That's good fair. 20 it's almost 2 hours long you could lop a good 20 minutes off the movie because it's completely unnecessary you don't need that right. all anyone cuz they've got you know it's like they're working with the NFL they're actually using NFL yeah. teams and all this stuff but then but then like the whole thing with like John Gruden at the start they show you know like John Gruden on TV and they're talking about the Bo Callahan the yeah. quarterback and he's like we haven't seen a quarterback like him since Andrew Luck. Well, this movie only came out like two years after Andrew Luck was drafted. So, like, oh, that's been a really long time. We haven't <laughs> seen a quarterback like him in two years. Two seasons. Okay, great. Right. And then Vontae Mack, you know, he's on the phone with Costner, and he's like, you should draft a, a gap-plug-in middle linebacker as they show him rushing off the edge and sacking the quarterback, not plugging – the gap, ah, you know, you are digging deep for the hatred on this movie, dude. And it's just like it's so digging unrealistic. Deep. They wanted it so badly to be realistic, but it was totally unrealistic. Like with this whole combination of trading the picks, and then he ends up taking the middle linebacker at the top of the draft. You know, still stuck. You know, losing the picks, he doesn't know that he's going to get him back. And then, oh, literal hail mary, he gets the draft picks back. It's just to me the best part of it was actually like the ESPN NFL Network stuff it was like the most realistic you know like the guys it's just like the actual draft the movie bugs me because it's just so unrealistic with all the 
scenarios. And then, like I said, then you try to stuff this Such a this love story between Costner and Garner in there, and it just see it didn't the love story. Me. The love story for me falls right in line with like for love of the game. Like they could lop off the love story, and it would yes, be a great movie. Jane, <laughs> Jane, even Jane, even Jane. In for love of the game, I would take Jane and that story over the the, the Costner Garner story. Well, at least, day. and you know it, how Jane bugged me in for I love know of the game. How Jane bugged you, <laughs> but it, I can I can fathom Jane and Kevin Costner being together. Jennifer Garner and Kevin Costner being together is a little Just, more of a stretch for me because yeah, she could be stiff, his daughter. The age difference. Yeah, yeah, that's the hard part for me. And I realize. Yeah. He's a GM and he's probably making a lot of money. She's doing just fine too. She's the cap analyst for the team. I'm sure she's bringing home a pretty good check too. You know, here's what I would have done. I would have made, I, I realized probably to get it made, they probably had to have Costner, but like Dennis Leary, who played the Browns head coach, he would have been better in the Costner role, I think. <laughs> and then Sam Elliott, who was the Wisconsin coach, like the old guy with the mustache, yeah. make oh, yeah. him the Cleveland Browns coach. <laughs> and then I think it's a better movie right off the top. That's but very again, interesting. Got to ditch the love story. <laughs> no, that, that, that's interesting. Father I've been David accused of this. Up. I've been accused of this before, Father David, that I don't <laughs> believe in love. I just don't believe in bad love stories in movies. That's what I don't believe yeah. in. <laughs> but Rocky does it for you. That's right. Ugh. Rocky and Adrian. Come on. <laughs> it's a love story we can all get behind. <laughs> <laughs> last question will ferrell went to an la kings playoff game with face paint on over the weekend have you ever worn or would you wear face paint to a no game? i would not i have not i will not not in a fox not with a box or whatever no i would not do that in any way whatsoever i'm just not a face painting guy I never have been like I've never felt the urge to like spell something out with like my bare chest or anything like that at a game like that is that's just not me. I don't I don't know. It's not me. I agree. I, I would have to be paid, I think, to wear face. Like yes. the first thing I think of when I think of face paint is the Seinfeld David Putty episode <laughs> when he. The Devils go to support the team, you know, and he's goes going to the New Jersey Devils. That's right. Yeah. All signs point to yes. <laughs> oh, D Rock, thank you very much. Hit the like button on your way out. We do appreciate it. And of course, subscribe, rate, and review. So we're going to be off for the next few days, but there will be a draft show with Brian and Ryan yes. tomorrow night. So check it out. Look forward to that and uh, have a great weekend. Uh, yeah. I guess extended weekend, as it turns out. And Vince and I will be back on Monday. Let's see if there's any more breaking news to talk about <laughs> at that point. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe Sam Hartman's going to hit the portal. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Off the ledge. Off the ledge. <laughs> Come on now. Reel it back in. That would be a movie. Yes, yes it would. Oh, boy. All right. Oh. We will talk to you on Monday. Thanks again, Ivy Nation Sports Talk.
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.